Well, a precedent in Canada's legal history begins today as the trial of Cameron Ortiz gets underway. Now, he was a former senior official in RCMP intelligence and is accused of violating the Security and Information Act. It's taken four years to get to this point, to get him to trial. And there are lots of well, let's say questions and some concerns about what could be revealed here and questions and concerns about Canada's credibility in handling national security and espionage cases on a stage such as this one. So to talk more about all of this, we're joined now by Dan Stanton. Dan is a director of the National Security Program at the University of Ottawa and former executive director of the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. Dan, thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure, Sammy. How sensitive is this case, Dan? Like, what do we know about it at this point? Well, it, it is very sensitive. And, and what we do know is, you know, the accused is violated uh, the Security of Information Act in terms of unauthorized removal of, of classified information and what we call unauthorized disclosure with individuals or foreign entities. So it's about as big as it gets, um, but a lot of, sensitive issues around a lot of moving parts we're going to have a jury we're going to have issues as to what do we do with some of the classified information and at the same time be transparent enough that we understand he gets a fair trial so this is precedent setting this is this we don't know where it's going to go but uh as you alluded to canada's reputation is at stake here in whether or not we can safeguard uh, classified information. Okay, maybe you could explain to us and how tricky is that? Obviously, some of this trial has to be public, but how much is going to be hidden? Yeah, see, that's what I think the defense's strategy is. It's kind of to call out or challenge the Crown to, to bring forward, let's say, all the information, maybe, let's say, that he disclosed, which the government wouldn't want to do. So there's a little bit that's probably what's been going on the last three or four years is negotiating that and seeing what it all is going to be divulged, what's going to be disclosed in the court uh, in order for the Crown to make its case. And um, so we'll have to see as it unfolds. Issues such as can the jury members listen to or or read or see things that are highly sensitive, uh, or will that be simply the judge in camera? So we really don't know how it's going to unfold. So has this happened before, or are we in uncharted territory here? Totally uncharted in terms of this. We've had, uh, you know, Jeffrey Delisle was prosecuted successfully uh, under this piece of legislation for providing classified information to Russian intelligence, but he confessed. Uh, We had another trial, his name was Huang, who was uh, offering information to China. It was thrown out because it took eight years for the Crown to decide what they wanted to do and wanted to disclose. And we've had a few other cases. So this is the first that's gone this 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 far uh, to an actual prosecution uh, and uh, and and there'll be a lot of eyes on it Canada's had uh, as you know issues with leaking particularly mm-hmm. in the last year not to mention these these espionage and attempted espionage cases and so the question for allies is going to be is Canada capable of prosecuting uh, leakers um, with the legislation and the tools they have and so how high up, how significant was this position? Because I understand he was uh, the director general at the National Intelligence Coordination Center. What does that mean? Yeah, well, it's it's not so much his position in the hierarchy, uh, which was, you know, overseeing a lot. It was largely criminal. I think it was cybercrime investigations. But the fact is he had access to a very wide and deep pool of sensitive information, both signals intelligence, we call it, 
and human intelligence, perhaps humans, uh, and some from our other partners. I mean, Canada imports a lot of intelligence, particularly from the United States and the United Kingdom. Would he have seen that? Would he have downloaded those files? Would he have accessed that? So not so much his position in the RCMP, but the unfettered access he would have had to very sensitive information and what he may have done with that. Hmm. Okay, so what do we know about this case in terms of how this was uncovered? Uh, well, we publicly it's been identified that, that U.S. law enforcement um, sort of nudged the RCMP that there was a problem uh, in terms of, I guess, seeing that he had sent something. That It appears to be that he sent a document and then that hit some tripwires and then I guess you just follow the breadcrumbs back to uh, the RCMP or to him. So that seems to be how it started. And then the government had its own, I would imagine, you know, covert investigation and, and searches and evidence collecting until he was charged back uh, four years ago. Now, you mentioned the act involved in this. That's the Security of Information Act. Has this been tested before strongly? Not like this. Um, you know, it's been used, uh, and, you know, there's a number of individuals charged under it right now. There's a fellow um, former RCMP who's been charged, you know, relating to Chinese foreign interference. So it is a real test for this legislation that's been around about 22 years, which in many ways replaced the Official Secrets Act, which was, you know, archaic and somewhat ineffective. So it is a real test on this. Issues we have, like intelligence to evidence, uh, what intelligence can be disclosed in the court, things like that that have been sort of, I'd say, bouncing around for a while with the government to get sorted out. Well, here's an opportunity to get it all sorted out. So it, it will be a test case for some other aspects uh, to the legislation. Right. You mentioned uh, that there's a jury here. How can the jury make a decision on this if they can't even necessarily see all the information? <laughs> I don't question. understand. I, don't, I really don't know. Um, you know, there's going to have to be something there. I can't imagine that as they select the jury, they're going to get them all, you know, top secret special access clearances in a week. So it, there must be some way that, that the Crown's going to present their case to the jury and the defense. But when they get into the details of the intelligence, that'll have to be in a separate in-camera hearing, perhaps with just the judge. Right. So perhaps the details will not be, the jury won't be privy to that. So our allies would be closely watching this because obviously they share information with Canada and they don't want to see that information end up being a part of this. Certainly. And you see what's happened recently. There's been some leaking on India uh, with respect to the, uh, you know, the murder of Mr. Nijar. That implicates what we call the Five Eyes, Five Eyes Intelligence Community. So I would say uh, our allies will be looking at this case to see can our Canadian partner keep classified information secrets. Um, what does it mean for people to leak? Uh, let's say he's acquitted. Uh, I would say it's almost uh, sending the wrong messages to certainly in Canada that there really is no offense to leaking uh, classified information. Hmm. So much uh, to at stake here. Listen, thank you so much for your time this morning. Oh, my pleasure, Simi.